B'Shem Hashem Thank you everybody for joining us tonight. We're back in business. God willing, we'll do modern halacha. Today I wanted to talk about flattery. As we do in a, live, uh, in a society of a lot of fake people. And This week's parsha, Mas'eh, at the end of the chapter 35, the Torah says, so right at the end end of the fourth book of the Torah and the end of chapter 35, the Torah forbids us from taking money and allowing a murderer, a bona fide murderer into the cities of refuge. So basically this is how it works. If somebody murders another Jew on purpose, he has to go get the death penalty. If somebody murders another Jew, and you can't call it murder, kills another Jew by accident, then the uh, bloodthirsty relatives want to take revenge, he can go to the 36 cities of the Levites, the Levies, and then they'll protect him. The Torah is demanding and commanding us, do not... The Levites cannot take money and let in a real bona fide murderer because this makes God terribly, terribly disgusted. And that's why there was a fascinating case that happens on a constant basis as if there's no money, there's no honey of Torah. The Torah is the most sweetest and impressive and fundamental thing to the world. It's the oxygen of the world. And many Jewish institutions would honor a billionaire that has married a shiksa. So they will go ahead and say this is, he's a sturdling example of Jewish leadership, his sensitivity, his caring, his giving. And many religious and observant Jews get disgusted and fume. How could you honor a person that has married a non-Jew and he's part of a spiritual holocaust which is causing more Jews to have died because of assimilation and intermarriage than the Holocaust themselves. So are these observant organizations that honor anybody that gives them money, even if the person is um, terribly, terribly misguided in his religious observance, he married a non-Jew, a shiksa, or he's uh, doesn't keep anything in the Torah, is that appropriate or not? Is that president, chairman of the board, master of ceremonies, the whole institution, doing the right or wrong thing in the eyes of the Almighty Lord? And just to make sure that we should realize on an ethical level how terrible the sin of Hanufa, flattery is, well, let's take a look in the Gemara and Sota at the end of the chapter 7, Daf Membet, page 52. 42, I apologize, in the Bavli, it says four people cannot see the light of God. Which Rashi explains, there are many people that will go to heaven because they are very, they've done more good deeds than bad deeds. But there are four type of people, four species of people that even though they have a such as such as their scales, are tilted way in favor of their uh, mitzvah and good deeds, they're still, God, they're not going to see the light of God in heaven. 
He's going to like, God is going to put his face, so to speak, to the back of them. They cannot. And who are they? The Gemara in the Babli Sota Membet says, People that are always making fun of everything, ridiculing everything. People that are flatterers, the second one. They're not going to see the face of Shekhinah. People that are pathological liars. And people that are always destroying peace in the world through their Lashon Hara. These four people do not see the face of Shekhinah. Which is a terrible sin. It's a terrible punishment because they are in heaven, but they're not getting the full benefit because God puts His back towards them. Because He despises these first. And they learn it from, how do we know that the people that are Hanufa, are flatterers, don't see the face of God, so to speak? Because it says, Dikhtib ki lo lefanav chanef. Yavo. It says in Eov, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the book of Job, uh, chapter 13, that in front of him there are no flatterers. Which means God is the epitome of truthfulness. Somebody that is um, always flattering people that are evil and saying they're wonderful, this is wrong. And actually we're, we're mourning the destruction of the temple. Believe it or not, I bet you 99% of people don't know this, but one of the reasons our temple was destroyed in Jerusalem is the Gemara right on the other page. Look at the Bavli Mem Aleph 41b in Sota, it says that unfortunately there was, according to Jewish law, a king, even if his mother is Jewish, if his father is not Jewish, he's uneligible to be the king. Because it says, Mikerev Achicha Tiemelech. From amongst your brothers, you can establish a king. So according to Judaism, both the father and the mother have to be Jewish and from the tribe of Judah for you to be a king. And there was a king in the end of the second temple. His name was Agrifas. His mother, of course, was Jewish. But he was not. And guess what happens? The Gemara says that he was reading the Torah. And he started crying. Because what happened was he realized that he's... He wanted to resign it as the king because he said, I, I, it's very evident to me, even though I'm not a Torah scholar, that my brothers are not Jewish, which means my father's not Jewish. He started crying. He was such a... And the, the rabbis, unfortunately, at that time, were totally misguided. And they told him what... No, you're our brother. Do not feel bad. It's okay. You don't have to resign as the king. And uh, the Gemara there says something that at that time God wanted to destroy all the Jewish nation. Terrible word. Kelaya. You know, these four things of being somebody that makes fun of everything. Lying, pathologically lying about everything, gossiping and destroying people's life through character assassination and flattery. God despises these things so much that when 
the leaders of the Jewish nation do it, God wanted to, God forbid, eliminate the nation of Israel and because the rabbis, instead of telling the king Agrifas that yes, you are right, you read the Torah right, you should step down as the king because you are uneligible. Your dad wasn't Jewish. They said, no, you're kosher, you're good, go ahead, ba 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 bi And this was one of the reasons God said, this temple, such a community, I don't want anymore. The... Uh, just to bring out a final ethical thing about how terrible flattery is, one of the most classical books of Jewish ethics that the Grozal says was um, one of the most important books of Jewish ethics was the Menorah Tama'or, such a sweet book. And he there also says over there in Ner Bet, Klal Gimel, Chelek Aleph, Perek Aleph, and Perek Bet, he says that about flattery, he writes, Elo these people that flatter evil people or respect them in order to gain favor in their eyes or gain a favor, Oyle Nafsham, woe is to their soul. They cause the world, God forbid, to get destroyed, and God hates them. Like it says in the Talmud Bavli, 113 Psachim. So, you're playing with fire if you just want to, and especially publicly, in front of a thousand people at a dinner, you say, this guy that's married to a shiksa, he's holy, he's wonderful, he's the best. Was that appropriate or not? Because it comes up all, all the time. A lot of the wealthiest people are the people that are not religious at all and their wives are uh, not Jewish, unfortunately. First of all, we have to define precisely and exactly what Hanufa means. Hanufa means that you justify the actual actions of an evil person that rebels against God and does not keep the Torah. And you honor a rasha because you want to find favor in his eyes and you want to get money from him or he's very powerful. You want him to give you protection like a mafia type of person. And the Grozal says in Yeshaya that more times than not, the classical case of Hanufa happens when the person is, he's, he's such a person that he's nice to people. He is a charitable person, this figure that you are honoring. He's charitable, he's a gentleman, he's nice, but he's a womanizer and he doesn't care anything about his responsibility to God or Shabbat or kosher. So can we honor such a person in a banquet or not? So I just wanted to say that this today's shir is based on Rabbi Mantro's, Rabbi Yaakov Mantro's wonderful book. I just fell in love with the Sefer, Halachic World, uh, chapter, volume one. He brings from the Rabbeinu Yonah, that Rabbeinu Yonah says, yes, you're allowed to praise the good actions of a Rasha, somebody that doesn't keep Shabbat, or married a non-Jewish woman, which is causing a spiritual holocaust. But there's a big caveat to this. 
It's only permitted if you mention that he's also his bad deeds. So, right? Judaism, bad deeds never cancel out your good deeds. For your good deeds, you're going to go to heaven. And for your bad deeds, you're going to first have to go to hell. A, a, a sin doesn't cancel out a mitzvah. So therefore, according to that logic, Rabbeinu Yonah says, fine. You can say that this person gave us a million dollars for us to build a yeshiva or build an orphanage. But it would be very awkward if you want to follow Rabbeinu Yonah's halachic ruling. And he talks about this in extensively in Sharet Teshubah. He says there's nine different types of flattery. It would be embarrassing him in public because you would have to say, we do not condone his actions of desecrating Shabbat or having his business open on Shabbat or him marrying a shiksa. So, and the Sefer, Lere'echa Kamocha, volume 1, page 102, would say, it seems according to the Rabbeinu Yonah, the way he understands it, it doesn't matter if the person is tenuk shenishba, which means, yes, on one hand, the person may not be at fault for being non-religious and marrying non-Jewish and not keeping Shabbat and not keeping any of his obligations, like the first five of the Ten Commandments, which are responsibilities between him and God, because... From a young age, he grew up unreligious. He, he doesn't know any better. It's like a young boy that was stolen at birth by the non-Jews, kidnapped, and he grew up among non-Jews. So he doesn't know even that he's Jewish. They snatched him as a baby. It seems to the Rabbeinu Yonah, the way this Posek author understands it, that Rabbeinu Yonah says there's no exceptions to his rule. Yes, you want to honor... Somebody that doesn't care anything about Judaism, his religious obligations to God, but on the other hand, you could praise his good deeds that he gave a million dollars, but you would have to have the whole enchilada, the whole package there, and mention all the mistakes that you do not want people to find out. By the way, parenthetically, the Musar books, the Jewish ethics and philosophy books explain, why is this so despicable in front of God? And I forgot to say that this is just not some ethical fluff over here. One of the most important books, halachic books, written by the Rishonim, Rabbi Lazar Mimintz, the Yereim, says this is the 55th commandment of the Torah. Just like you have to keep kosher and keep Kippur and keep Passover and Shabbat, the 55th mitzvah of the Torah is that you should not flatter respect and honor and praise people that are evil, that are rasha. And somebody that does not keep any of the commandments of the Torah, unfortunately, would go under that category. And not only that, it's the Sifri, the Rabbi Lazar means learns it from a Sifri on this passage that we quoted in the end of chapter 35 in the fourth book of the Torah, Bamidbar. So, The reason why Hanufa is so bad is very simply is, first of all, we should really reprimand somebody that married a shiksa, somebody that married out of the religion. So not only are you not doing that, the reason why it's such a despicable behavior and it destroys the world and God hates it and the guy will not see the face of the Shekhinah is because 
we encourage other people, this guy becomes the poster child, which means if this guy is getting so, everybody's singing his praises and honoring him at a, at a banquet, even though he married a non-Jew, so I should do it also. So we're just throwing down the whole religion, God forbid, down the toilet. Because there are no consequences for not keeping the Torah. Anything goes, and even the rabbis, the leaders are respecting him and saying he's the best guy in front of a thousand people. This is why all those ethical things we learned in the Talmud is causes the destruction of our holy land and our temple because... Now, Rav Moshe Feinstein has a little bit controversial psaac regarding this. Rav Moshe says a very interesting thing. Rav Moshe, if you want to look it up in his Chet Teshubot, or Achaim, volume 2, Teshubah 51, says the prohibition is only similar to the Gemara, where you're lying. You're stating a false action to gain favor in the eye of the king, or the billionaire, or the trillionaire, or the president, or, or the mafia, or whoever. But, like they said, the king said, oh, the Torah says, I'm not Jewish, father. They said, no, that's still acceptable. You could still be king. But, if you're saying the pure truth, the guy gave a million dollars, he has a heart of gold. Okay, he doesn't care about any of his responsibilities to God and not marrying a shiksa. Rav Moshe suggests, in order to gain a financial Donation that would be acceptable. But he's not even sure about this. It's a big stretch. Uh, he says it could be, it's not necessarily prohibited. That's why he says that if there's going to be a big fight in shul and it's cause, going to cause a commotion, you're allowed to honor such a person that is clearly not religious at all and frankly doesn't care about any of his responsibilities. He can open the ark. But the majority of Jewish contemporary poskim argue on Rav Moshe. Rav Chaim Kanyanevsky Shlita, the prince and general of Torah says, there's no way that's acceptable. Rav Svi Weber, Rav Scheinberg Zatzal, they all hold that one should not compliment a rasha in such a fashion. You cannot take somebody that is clearly, clearly not an ideal Jewish citizen because he married a non-Jew or desecrated Shabbat in open, you're not allowed to do that. And Rav Shach also, in his letters, writes that, in his Mikhtavim Ma'amarim that they uh, wrote, that it said, therefore one should not honor somebody that desecrates Shabbat openly, At any type of dinner. So, this is something uh, very interesting. And I think this week's parsha also is matot. In Farsi, we have a saying, Mahia Sarish Gandhi, this. The uh, worst type of sinful action. That is the beginning of the end of the Jewish nation is when it comes from the leaders, weak leadership. Like we saw in the Talmud that the rabbis were ultimately willing to falsify the Torah and flatter the king Agrifas 
So the the king should be on good terms with them, and he shouldn't kill them. This is a total lack of bitachon. When we think that mere mortals, whether they're billionaire or the mafia or whoever or the king, we treat them like God, and we willing to condone and rationalize and sing the praises of them, even if they're wrong, just to gain favor from them. That's, in its essence, it's wrong in that we've missed the boat because we don't realize everything is up to God. And let's never forget at the end of the day, when we, when we, the most important Jewish prayer, which is the most fundamental that you have to have the most intention is no question, is Shema Israel. And at the end of the Shema, we say Adonai Loichem Emet. We have to be truthful people. And the truth is the truth. Now, do we go around bashing people? No. But to come in front of entire, sometimes in these banquets, there's thousands upon thousands of people. I don't know, honestly, myself. We have to go ask the greatest halachic and Torah authority. It is a terrible test. On one hand, somebody gave an institution a million dollars. And on the other hand, it's only right on one hand to have gratefulness, which is the most basic. But by you being grateful and honoring him in a banquet, you are kind of condoning that his lifestyle of marrying non-Jewish, may Hashem guide us always in the right way and build our second temple. And let's always be in contact with the greatest of Torah scholars and authorities like Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef, Rabbi Yaakov Hillel, Lo Alman Israel. When Moshe passed away, in every generation we have our own mini Moshe, like Rav Chaim Kanyanevsky. And decisions like this, we should only only get guidance from them. Have a wonderful Shabbat. Don't forget to subscribe.